Last time on Tales of Asperon. Lit from above, we see a tent, ragged and blood-stained, gently shifting in the breeze of this cool night. You left Irnan Thistledown to die in the woods. Did you try and kill him? Silas goes, oh, no, 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 that, that, that wasn't me. Um, that, that, that beast in the woods, it attacked us at our campsite while we were sleeping. Um, and drug him off and then chased me. Nearly killed me. Now you gotta sit there, be good, take us to the campsite, and then you'll be, you'll be on your way to recovery. Um, Hela, you step out, the chair is empty, and down at the end, the, the front door of the church is open. And you look off to your right and about 100 feet away, you can see two constables with this man, and they're picking him up and like dragging him towards the stockade where they keep the criminals. I put the sack over my head, <laughs> and I take my belt knife and I make two eye holes, <laughs> and then I run at the constables. Hello friends, and welcome back to Tales of Asperon. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast. Now, what does that mean? Here we sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and record it all to share with you. Then we put out an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. The best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. This just means that sometimes we roll some dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? (laughs) Great. Roll low? Not so much, and usually it's pretty funny. This week, will we slay a dragon, kill some town guards, or meet a troll that only sell? Am I reading this right? Only sells baked goods? Oh man, I hope they have brownies. We're getting off track here. Anyways, let's roll the dice and find out. Together. Tonight, our tale begins on a dusty dirt road of the frontiers of Esperon. Hurried breaths break the silence of this spring night as a human man sprints down the main thoroughfare of the town of Homestead. Silas Abbott, a now free man, looks behind him towards the white stone temple of the healing mistress as he escapes his captors with a grin across his face. Then, the silence of the town is broken once more as Silas slams into the body of another, sending them both tumbling towards the ground. Silas opens his eyes and the color drains from his face as he sees the small copper star affixed to this individual's leather vest. This was the last place Silas wanted to see a constable of Homestead. Just down the road, we hear a yell of frustration as our adventuring party steps out of that very same white temple and immediately charges the constable, attempting to arrest their captive. Silas's bad luck just got much worse. I'm going to say that Tedward ran off ahead of you guys. Like, he just booked it the moment he saw the tracks. And Tedward, so you see that these two constables are about 100 feet away, and they're dragging him over to the um, stockade, like the little jail they have set up here. 
Yes. Um, they're opening the door right now, and you sprint up screaming. They're not even screaming. <laughs> just what do you do? <laughs> I am not making a sound. <laughs> roll, me a stealth, I, roll me a stealth check. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, you can hear my feet, but I'm not vocalizing. Okay. I'm not trying to be stealthy. All right. <laughs> so I aim myself in such a way that when I dig in my heels and mountain goat leap, that I will just propel myself into them and squish them against the side of the building. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let's see here. Oh my I can't God. keep it together. <laughs> so, the two constables have this unconscious fellow. One is kind of lifting him up off the ground and about to drag him into the building, like where the doors open. Mm-hmm. And the second one is in the process of helping, and he looks off, looks in your direction, looks away, and then does a double take as you. That's all the time I needed yeah. to close the gap. <laughs> give me, give me an athletics check. Okay, uh, fifteen. Okay, um, the constable puts up his hands to try and stop you, and you just tackle this particular individual, and his back kind of crunches into the wall. You hear the sound of splintering wood, and the second constable immediately sees you doing this, drops the unconscious guy down on the ground, reaches for his um his short, short sword, and pulls it from his sheath. I hoist... You better... Yeah. Back off! Yeah. Now! What do you do with the man you have tackled? I pick him up, and I use him as a bludgeon, knowing Dude. that he'll be, a, he'll be afraid to try to parry the body of his partner with his sword, because that would probably kill him. Give me a... Give me an athletics check. Okay, all right. That is a 16. Um, You grab the guy and try and just swing him to, like, toss him in the direction of his ally. And when you go to swing your body weight, you feel one of your feet getting pulled right out from under you, and you land down on the ground on your back as this other constable is now on top of you. Are we close? (laughs) Um, At this point, yeah, you guys have caught up to him, and the other constable is now, Tedward, leaning towards you with a sword. I said back off don't move or there's gonna be a problem dial h for headbutt <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay roll me an attack oh jesus you see guys you guys see at this point what is clearly tedward with a potato <laughs> 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 you guys clearly see tedward with a potato sack on his head in a brawl with one of these guards my attack was a 17. <laughs> okay, you headbutt him in the chest. Roll me a D4. The dude who's on top of me. Yeah. Okay. A D4. Yep. One. Okay. You hear him go, <clears throat> as like, it feels like you maybe knocked the wind out of him. He doesn't deserve wind. What's your armor class? Um, 14. You take, ooh, four points of damage as he just slams his elbow down into the top of your head. You knock it off now. And he he looks to his friend and says, or looks to his ally and says, manacles now. And the guy reaches inside the door and grabs a pair really quickly. He's moving towards you. This guy's still on top of me. Yep. That's got to, that's got to (laughs) change. Oh my God. I need to get this guy off me. Before this happens, before this happens, what do you guys do? Yeah. What do you guys do? Um, what is he doing? Uh, who, who knows? Um, should, should we help? Do we help? Help? Yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> and then, oh, uh, yes. yeah. I'm going to run towards, towards them. And 
Are they at the building already? They're yeah. they're like right on the porch of this building. There's two of them. Can I cast fog cloud? Oh my god. Okay. Um, how does that look when you cast your magic? Uh, like a gust of wind, just like like a wave of fog just comes. Just over. kind of billows in. Okay. Um, yeah. in, in this bit, Tedward, your vision is totally obscured as this fog cloud rolls in. You can still feel the guard on top of you, but you can't see any clear details. Um, next in the order, let's go to um, Haley. Uh, Haley will just start to copy um, Tedward and make a minor illusion of a sack over his head. <laughs> okay. And then kind of just jump in to try to help as best he could. All right. Um, so at this point, you can't see anybody. Mm-hmm. What do you do? So he just runs in to try to see, like, runs in to get as close as possible so he can see what he can. Okay. Um, running in, you you sprint right towards the building and get in the fog cloud. Um, and you can kind of get the general idea that there's one guard standing up close to the door. There's another one on top of what is probably Tedward. Hard to tell. Uh, he goes over to the one that's on top of Tedward. Uh, just a heads up. So we'll just go by. You cast the spell, so that would take up, like, your action this turn. Next up, Thurbash. What would you like to do? I get my spells back on a short rest, so it doesn't really matter if I have rested full or not. Um, Thurbash, really confused on what the hell is going on. Uh, all right. Um, cast sleep into the fog cloud. Um, I choose a point, so I don't choose creatures. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, choose a point. I choose a point, which is the center of the cloud, and then I roll for the number of sleep and then it affects creatures in an ascending order of their current hit points so lowest oh, <laughs> good thing i'm injured um roll me your d8s for your sleep yeah fall. all right it's five oh, going to sleep i can promise that it, it maybe everybody will go to sleep i don't know um okay 33 is there a saving throw for okay. this okay um <laughs> Is there a saving no. throw? No. There is not a saving throw. Um, so oh first, Tedward, you, you feel this guard on top of you, and you suddenly feel sluggish. And your eyes close, and you pass out. And as you're passing out, so Haley, what's your hit points? Six. Um, how many hit points does Tedward have left? Currently ten. Tedward, as you're passing out, you feel the other guard fall slump on top of you as you're both asleep on the porch. Um, at this point, Haley... <laughs> You're yeah. you're looking at these two guards like fists up, ready to square, and you just <laughs> fall down on the ground. Basically, everyone on the porch of this constable's <laughs> office has fallen asleep, um, except one of the guards, and he's yelling, "What the hell?" And he can't see. Help! Help! Oh my God! His, you guys hear his voice echoing into town, um, and Elias, since you and um, Thurbash are the only two not in the fog cloud. <laughs> You can see a couple buildings down the way, um, like a torchlight light up inside one of the houses. Quick, run over and slap them awake. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get rid of the fog. Okay. Um, you see this, the fog cloud dispelled, and this one guard is just looking around, um, and he sees you running at him. Do you do anything to the guard? Um, I will. He sees me coming? Yes. All right. I guess I'll just take out my shovel. My shovel, uh... No. <laughs> oh, God. And he's further away from Tedward, right? He's about five feet, barely. They're all, um, like, right up on the porch. And where is, uh... Hila- Hil- How do you say it? 
Pele. 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 He's he's Pele. on the ground Pele. at this guard's feet. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just run towards Tedward, and I'll like just like <laughs> smack his boot with my foot as I'm running by. Okay, Tedward awakens. Ah. <laughs> and I'm just gonna turn around. And be, don't don't hit him. Don't hit the guy on top of you. And then uh, I don't know. I guess I'll use the little like end of my my shovel run towards uh Hele. are you just gonna wake them both up yeah i'll wake them both up and i'll use just like the butt of my the okay so both of you guys both of you guys are awake really quick tedward <laughs> year round i'm gonna leap up and i'm gonna punch the conscious guard as hard as i can right in his <laughs> gut sack uh okay <laughs> trying to remember did we go with you having the tavern brawler thing uh ooh, let me look at my I'm pretty sure I think we did because otherwise your punches would deal like one damage, which is kind of lackluster. You know, I don't really care about. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want him yelling. Okay. And no, I don't have tavern brawler. My special thing is that I know everything there is to know about running a farm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So give me just give me an attack roll. Okay. Ah, eleven. Um. You stand up quickly, kind of shove this guard off of you. Um, and just do one quick punch to the, the, the guard that has a sword pointed at you. Um, and he leans out of the way and your fist just comes shy and hits him in the shoulder. It just kind of deflects off of this. Um, you actually feel metal um, underneath his shirt. Um, next up, we have the guard. What a mess. Yep. <laughs> What's your armor class, Tedward? 14. 14. 14. Um, he takes his spear and just whops you with the butt of it. And you take three bludgeoning damage as he just kind of cracks you in the side of the face with it. Ouch. And we swing back to Thurbash. Okay. Uh, how far away is this guard? 20, 20 feet, maybe. Just oh, okay. by the way, if you are attacking with magic, you can't really hold back lethal damage. I know. Okay. That's, I was, I was double-checking <laughs> just to make sure. Mm -hmm. um, uh, all right. I'll ray frost onto the guard. Okay. Give me an attack roll. Okay, that is a 13. You raise your hand, and after butting Tedward with the, the, the end of his spear, he does a quick look around and sees you. Raise your hand, and this icy blue energy starts to coalesce in your palm. And as you fire off a bolt of this icy chilled air, he ducks down, and you f like flash freeze the, wall the wooden wall behind him. He ducked out of the way. <laughs> okay. Um, next up, we have Hele. You're awake, standing right in front of this guard. Alright, Haley doesn't know exactly what to do, so he pulls out Igni the sword and oh, no. charges the one guard left. Okay. Give is me that a finesse weapon? Lethal or, lethal or non lethal? Oh, non lethal, but non -lethal. is it finesse or no? Uh, no. It's just a, actually, it's a short sword. Let me check. That matters a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's finesse. Alright, cool. Then I'll just roll this. Uh, got a 17. 17? Uh, yes. that'll hit. Um, roll me a d6 plus whatever your. Alright. Uh, seven. Seven. Damn. You just take the pommel mm -hmm. of the blade and smack it into his gut, and he doubles over and starts coughing a little. Um, next up, we have um, Alea. What would you like to do? You uh, see he the doubles over coughing? Yeah, he doubles over coughing. Like, that hurt. Um, is everyone up now? Uh, oh, wait, yeah. where's, everyone's where's a, everyone's uh, awake. Cyrus? Silas I'm is unconscious, Silas. unconscious on the ground in the doorway. So, like, right behind the guard. 
I will try to just walk over him, <laughs> over the guard, um, to Silas. So it's like a one-person doorway. You can't really pass him without him with, like, he's taking up the doorway. Okay. Uh, then I will slowly grab his boot mm-hmm. and try to tug him out of the way. All the while saying, excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> um, as you do this, the guard tries to reach out and grab your, like, arm. And his hand just kind of gets the sleeve of your coat, like your shirt, and pulls, but doesn't gain any tension. Um, you're currently dragging um, Silas away from them. Okay. Next up we have Tedward. I'm just going to do the old grab and squeeze. I'm going to grab him and squeeze. Okay. Give me an attack roll. Actually, no, you're trying to, like, bear hug him? Yeah, let's just say athletics. That's more interesting. 13. You leap up very quickly and wrap your arms around him as you feel him try to slide downwards and slip away, but you got him in your grasp. Next up, Thurbash, what are you doing? Uh, Ray Frost again. At, okay, Tedward, I'm holding Tedward's holding him. <laughs> oh, he's holding him? Yeah, at and this point there's... there was two guards. The, first, the other guard woke up. He's on, he's on the ground unconscious. No, okay. he, he didn't wake up. Nobody woke him up yet. Um, no, go ahead. Frost me. I'm down. I'm no, down. I'm not going to frost you. I don't want to frost you. Do it. Um, are there any torches in the area? Mm, there's, you'll light me on fire. There's one There's one on a stand right by the um, like the entrance of this building. Okay. And so it's, it's currently lit. It's currently lit, yeah. It's lighting the area and making it so that it's easy to see. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pr- press the digitation, snuff out the torch. <laughs> Okay. Um, as you do this, you hear um, a voice down the road, maybe about 60 feet or so. Hard to make out, but they are yelling. Are we in semi-darkness or dim light? Yeah, I'd say dim light. Um, okay. Next up, Haley, what are you doing? So the only guard is... The one... Being held by, by uh, Tedward? Yes. And Le- Alea is taking uh, Silas away. Mm-hmm. I'm following Alea. Okay, well, she's currently pulling him away from the guard. Um, I'd say at this point, both of you can get Silas up off the ground and hoist him and start moving away. Mm-hmm. Um, together, you could probably get about 30 feet or 20 feet away because you're carrying somebody else. Sounds good. Right. Like half your movement speed. Um, next up, we have the guard. Um, can I get an athletics check, Tedward? Sure. Dun, dun, uh, 11. 11, Okay. Um, this, uh, constable struggling against your grasp, and in the process, he drops his sword on the ground. Alea, it is your turn. I'm assuming you and Haylight, you're okay with you and Haylight dragging Silas away. Yep. Okay. I'm probably just gonna be like, sorry, we'll bring him back. Ted, Ted, <laughs> Tedward, your, your move. Okay. I'm gonna try to put this guy in a sleeper hold and just ease him into slumberland. Okay, give me a, just give me an attack roll. Uh, 23. Oof. Okay. Um, I was doing like a contested athletics thing to see if he could escape. Um, and you passed him with flying colors. In a quick instant, you just kind of get your arms up underneath his neck and have him grappled. And in a few moments, he's unconscious um, and he slumps down to the ground. At this point, you can hear voices down the road and the sound of quick footsteps. We got to get. We should run. I'm going to help them carry him. Uh, I'm going to help them carry this guy. Okay. Um, and I guess you're running out of town. <laughs> like, where are you? Yeah, going? it's just right yeah. through the trees to the campsite. Okay. After a quick and mostly anonymous brawl with the constables, um, you manage to ras- wrestle Silas free of their grasp, and you leave the two guards unconscious on the porch um, as you sprint away 
um, away from this kind of darkened porch of the town jail. Behind you in the distance, uh, Thurbash, you look over your shoulder as you're quickly running away, and you see torches, and you hear voices um, as people are making their... You can see a group of people are making their way over to the jailhouse. And they don't seem to look in your direction. You guys are maybe about 100, 150 feet away at this point. Um, and you're dragging Silas off into the small wooded area that's within a quarter mile of the town. You've kind of run your way up to it. Now, you guys know at this point, the White Leaf Wood, which is where the campsite was, is about a day's travel away. Um, but you've somehow managed to take Silas away with you. And between... The three of you carrying Silas quickly, let's say um, Tedward has his feet, two of you has his hands. You hear him stir and wake up and he goes, where? Oh, no. No, no, no. And he kind of struggles a little and he gives up. And as you guys are running off into the distance, we hear his cry echo through the woods. Hey there, listeners. I know this is a bit rude to just interrupt your show like that, so I'll keep this short. Our community is very small right now, like microscopic, and we can use every bit of help we can get. If you enjoyed the show or have any feedback for us, give us a rating or review on iTunes or Google Podcasts. Good or bad, we want to know what you think. Every little bit helps our community grow, and we want you to love listening to this show as much as we love making it. You can find us in a bunch of other places too, which we've laid out for you pretty plainly on our website, www.toapodcast.com. There you can find our Facebook page, our community Discord, and a bunch of other cool stuff like our brand new storytelling blog, which just released an article last week. We release episodes every other Friday, so I'll be seeing you again on May 3rd. Don't forget to subscribe so you can find out exactly when all of our content drops. Enjoy the show. So quick recap, you guys storm the guardhouse, attack some guards, re-kidnap Silas after the guards got him from you and then sprinted off into the white leaf wood with him screaming over your shoulder. He didn't he didn't he didn't scream for long. I reinstituted the potato rule. (laughs) (laughs) So I think to start off we can come in with a just a dexterity check for everybody. Not like a saving throw, just a general check. And eight. 18. Eight. 11. Nine. Nine. Okay, so we have an eight and a 19 was the highest. On this night, the stellar rings of Aspiron bathe the forest below in a pleasant light. This serenity is cut short as the sound of frantic breaths and pounding footfalls echo throughout the white leaf wood. The spotted white bark trees of this forest move by in a blur as a single howl pierces the silence of this peaceful forest. Torchlight flickers and moves deeper into the wood as the constable of Homestead follows the trail of our adventurers. Much further ahead into the wood, the blur of trees comes to an abrupt halt as our adventurers are met with a river cutting through the forest ahead. A branch snaps loudly as Alea stumbles on the forest floor, nearly twisting her ankle. Luckily, this misplaced branch prevented her from falling into the raging river below. Um, who had the highest dex check? I did. Um, Alea, you see Thurbash's hand reach down and grab yours and pick you up off the ground. And the four of you are now standing at the bank of this river. The direction you were heading um, was likely just further into the wood in the general direction of Silas's original camp. What would you like to do? 
all of you. Um, I'd like to investigate the river to try and figure out how fast it's going, or would that be nature? Um, yeah, you can roll a nature check. I don't know how much more it's going to help because it's yeah. Okay, roll me a nature check. Okay. Oh, that's a nine. Okay. Um, I mean, it's moving pretty quick. It looks like you you guys probably could get across. Um, and from where you guys are standing on the bank, it doesn't look very deep. It maybe gets waist deep, the furthest out, just based on where you can look. Um, the river is kind of open air, so it's lit by the stellar rings above, so you can see it pretty clearly. How wide is how wide is this river? Um, forty feet at the widest. Mm -hmm. There are some parts that kind of dip, maybe in the thirty range, um, and there's rocks and things like that poking out. Um, uh, we have not fully all rested, have we? So our spell slots are not back yet. Um, yours are. Theirs aren't. Okay. Warlocks are short rest. Yeah, Warlock's a short rest, but everyone else doesn't have their spell slots back. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to wade in there. Okay. Yeah. You step down into the river below. Um, the water's very cold um, on this kind of cool spring night. Um, and you start to ma make your way across the river. The water's pretty strong, so can I get an athletics check? Okie dokie. If we have to save you from a raging river, I swear. <laughs> Then you should be able to do it, Tim. 16, 16. Um, with a 16, you kind of wade all the way out into the center of this river. It's a little bit above your waist, um, but you're able to get a good enough kind of footing in the like the loose gravel below and kind of trudge your way through to the other side of the river. What do the rest of you do? Um, um, we'll follow right along. Okay. Was Tedward carrying um, Silas or was... Tedward, oh, like, Tedward just leading Silas. Or no, Silas still with him. us. I let his head drag through the river a little bit. Okay. What? <laughs> um, he can't make that noise, man. He's potatoed. Oh, he is potatoed. <laughs> oh my god. He's gonna die. <laughs> um, Haley, can I get an athletics check? Sure. Good old negative four. 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 Okay, Haley steps down into the river. He gets about three four feet away from the bank and you lose your footing on the gravel and start to get carried away not fast you're moving it like maybe i'd say two three feet around but it's clear that you this probably isn't good mm. i'll get him uh, you cross and i'm gonna try and run and reach for Haley. um give me an athletics check he's within reach okay that is a 12 um Haley, can i also get an athletics check uh, athletics, 18. No, so 17. Okay. Um, you, you get your footing pretty quickly and Thurbash grabs your hand and pulls you up onto the shore. I violently shake to get the water off me. <laughs> Out of my fur. Care. More careful. He's going to smell awful. Wait, is, are you still drunk? No, no. Oh. I just, I talk like this. Uh. <laughs> um, how wide was the river again? Um, 40 feet it, down a little bit further, it kind of bobs between 30 and 40. Um, where, okay, so where it gets to the uh, first question, mm -hmm. is it possible to use entangled to create like a bridge of vines? Because it's a grasping weeds and vines sprout from the ground in a 20 foot square, starting from a point within range. Is that, is that doable? Actually, you know what? I'm going to say, um, yeah, you can definitely do that. Just roll me an arcana check because the river is about waist deep and the entangling vines don't necessarily go all the way up. Okay. Um, 
17. Oh, that's more than enough. Um, so what does it look like when you cast the spell? Um, I want to say it's like kind of, I don't know, just like dead weeds. <laughs> dead weeds in the vines. From like the bottom of the river? Yeah, that just like sprout up a little. Enough for her to like step on one and then like make her way until, because you said it's 30 feet, so this is 20 feet. So then okay, so it's like about halfway. That's a, good. She'll get as far as she can and then like... I guess try to like jump the rest. <laughs> okay. Um, reach your hand down into your pockets and pull out some of the soil and kind of sprinkle it into the air. And as you do, you watch it kind of glow with light for a moment. And then from the beneath this river, you can see like wet and soggy like river weeds growing up into this hard kind of dense plant bridge for you to cross. And you get halfway across the river. Can I get an athletics check for the jump? Yep. Um... Or acrobatics if you want to try. Nope, acrobatics is worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, six. Mm, okay, so you leap out, Tedward. You see her leaping towards the edge of the riverbank. And as you leap, Alea, your foot slips on like the wet sogginess of this um, vine bridge. And you start to fall. Tedward, she's probably within reach. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll toss Silas to the ground. As unceremoniously as I can imagine, I'll I'll try to grab her. Well, you want a dex check? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, 15. Okay. Um, Alea, as you're plummeting towards the river, you feel Tedward's hand grab around your wrist, and you're able to grab on. And right as you dip into the water and go underneath, you feel him pull you up to the bank of the river. Um, thank you, Tedward. I got to um, immediately check that, that uh, Silas hasn't, like, inchwormed away, because I don't think we tied him up. You did not. Ooh. Is he running? Uh, he's trying to like, like roll over a little bit. He's still stumbling from um, you just throwing his ass on the ground. What what distance is he? Um, I mean, from you, he's like he's maybe got about a foot or two. He's exhausted and really like dazed. Oh, okay, okay. If he had gone any serious distance, I was just gonna use the momentum from from hoisting you ashore to throw you at him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, that would have been a trip. <laughs> All right, he I'll just trip. kick him in the head. Kick him in the head? I don't know. Where, how do you subdue people? <laughs> I'll grab him. He's not fighting back. He's too dazed right now. Good. <laughs> um, I I would like to check my pockets and make sure there's still the plants and the dirts. Okay. Um, <laughs> you've lost a bit of soil just from the water pulling it away. Um, but the plants are still there. They're rooted well. You might just have to refresh the soil. I will do that. It's very overwatered by being submerged. I will put more dirt into my pockets. Um, Haley and Thurbash, you guys stand at the foot of the riverbank on the other side. You see this kind of land bridge going about two-thirds of the way across the river. Um, what do you want to do? I'm going to let Haley go first, just in case he falls in again. <laughs> I try to dexterously run across and leap at the end of it to get to the other end. Parkour! Yep. Um, give me an ath- uh, acrobatics check. All right. Uh, 16. More than enough. Um, with a cat's grace, you sprint across this three-foot-wide vine bridge that um, Alea has made and do like a leaping dive across the 10-foot gap of the river, and you land on the, the soft grass of the riverbank on the other side with like an elegant roll and kind of come up to your feet. I'm going to follow in suit across the bridge okay. and try and make it across the river. Thurbash, um, just give me... Whatever you choose, ac- athletics or acrobatics at the end of the thing. I'm going to choose acrobatics. Okay. 
That is bad. I rolled an eight. Okay. Um, as you're standing on the foot of this vine bridge, you kind of psych yourself up, ready to jump, and you go to leap. As you're coming off the ground, you hear the howling of a hound not too far away, and it throws you off. It spooks you. Um, and your foot slips, and as you start to fall, Hele, you see him kind of about to dip into the water. What do you do? Uh, I reach to grab him. Okay, just give me an athletics check. Uh, 16. 16, okay. You reach out and grab his hand and just give him a quick yank just before he fully submerges into the water. Thurbash, your lower half just gets dragged through the water as he pulls you oh. up on the shore. Um, with all of you on the other side, what do you do? I'm going to stand up and uh, cast press the digitation on everybody to clean them. Oh, nice. Um, so for the listeners, press the digitation is a spell that you can use to clear away dirt, control light to a vague degree, or a couple other very minor like magical effects. It's like a power wash. Um, I guess I'm just going to go in order uh, from whoever is closest to me on my right and then go around a circle. Okay. With excluding Silas, because screw him. It doesn't matter. Okay, so while this is happening, Alea, you notice that you can hear the sound of howling getting a bit closer. And as you look at the river, you notice that the, um, the vine bridge you have just made is starting to kind of fall apart and be pulled away downriver. Um, looks like it's deteriorating behind you, thankfully, um, as your concentration on the spell starts to fade. Okay. And, and there's howling? Yeah, you can out? hear the howling of a hound in the distance and faint torchlight through the, the tree line, maybe about 200 feet away. It's easy to see because this forest is pretty dim, but you can see the flickering of torchlight. So as I finish putting the remaining of the dirt in my pocket, I'm looking out toward the torchlights and that where the hound is coming from. And I'm going to go, guys, uh, we should, uh, we should uh, probably get a move on, I think. And then I'll stand up and start picking a random direction to go. Okay. So I'm going to ask this to the group. Where do you guys want to go right now? I believe we were heading to the camp. Or yeah, that's where we're heading. I think I was leading us to the camp. In that case, I mean, do we want to go straight there, or are we trying to evade law enforcement first? Well, if we evade law enforcement and go into the forest, it might be more difficult to find the camp later. So we should probably go in the general direction of the camp, with first priority of losing the cop, because I don't have any more. I don't have any more spell slots available. Yeah. So okay. Um, in that Alea's case, even more useless. <laughs> since Alea wants to search and Haley knows the way, um, you can either roll two survival checks or one with advantage. Haley. Um. So whatever you guys would prefer. I think. Um, one with advantage, unless someone has survival as their. Uh, uh, I have a plus three survival. Go go for it then with advantage. Go for it. Oh God, my rolls are so bad though. This was a mistake. I'm telling you now. <laughs> 16. Okay. Um, with that roll, it's more than enough. You quickly kind of make your way into the tree line, um, following some of the directions Haley give you, and push your way deeper into this forest. And as you guys make your way further and further into this birch tree forest, you hear the howl, the howling and barking of the hound, grow faint and fainter and fainter. It seems to have stopped following you. Cool. I guess I'm going to look at Silas and be like, uh, 
Does any of this look familiar? Oh. Mm -hmm. I, I removed the potato from his mouth. <laughs> God, but I hope mm, potatoes taste awful for that long. I begin to withdraw a turnip from my bag. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. It it kind of looks familiar. Um, if we keep going, he he looks around at the woods and kind of looks up at the sky towards like the rings. If we keep going north northeast of here, um, it should take us to the comp. Does that go vibe with what I know? Yeah, just about. Onward. Lead the way. Lead the party. Okay. Um, Into so the darkness. After, after a few hours of walking, if you guys remember when Hele and Thurbash ran for a whole night to get back to the to homestead, it took them all night to do it. Um, so it's about a full day's travel from where you guys had made it to in the woods. And after some time, actually four or five hours, you managed to navigate your way back to this campsite where. Thurbash and Hale originally found evidence of Silas's demise. And before you is a familiar sight. Um, lit from above, you see the same tent that you did before, bloodstained and ragged. Um, at this point, the day-old campfire has dwindled down to just ash. Around the campfire, you see, Hale, the same things you left behind, minus the satchel that you put all the coin back into. You see that lying on the ground, open and empty. Hmm. What time is it currently? I, I'd say by now it's probably like two in the morning, based on how long you had to run and get through the white leaf wood as well. If you slept now and woke up a little later tomorrow morning, you should be able to get a full rest if you wanted to. I would like to rest. Perhaps it's best that we uh, spend time here tonight. If you would like to sleep, I can take watch. I'm to blame for... This one's original escape, as it is. Um, it is my failure of a watch that he was taken. No, it's okay. It's it's not anyone's fault. Don't don't beat yourself up about it. Um, how cold is it? Uh, it's not very cold. Um, like I said, it's early spring, so at this time in the evening, it's likely this region of the world doesn't get super cold during the winter. Um, actually, most of the world doesn't. Um, so I'd say it's probably a comfortable like. 60 at night. It might dip low 50s, but never that low. Okay, I'm going to take um, a winter blanket from my pack and I'm going to like put it on Silas's shoulder because he's still wet, right? Mm -hmm. He's shivering a little. So I'm, I'm going to put the, the blanket on him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to then find a soft patch of dirt to lay down on. Okay. Um, does he still have a potato in his mouth? Probably. Or is it a no, turn at this time? We, we unmuzzled him to ask him where this camp was. Okay. You guys settle down at this destroyed woodland camp um, in the middle of the white leaf wood. It's kind of ominous because the evidence of the previous attack is still all over this campsite. The tent is covered in blood. Um, the ground is all scraped and torn up from what looks to be some kind of large beast's paws just tearing through the ground. The tree line is torn asunder in places where something large burst into this campsite and made its way in and out and kind of weaved through it. Um, but nevertheless, you all take some time to rest at this campsite. Do we tie him up? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. 
I will pull out yeah, rope. Uh, hempen, um, yeah, some hempen rope from my pack and hand it fifty feet of hempen rope and hand it to Tedward to begin tying. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll tie him up. What check? Um let's just make that a um just general dexterity check. Actually, tying knots is a scout thing. Survival. Okay, okay. Ah, natural 20. Nice. Okay, so you tie him up real good. Um, no circulation in any of his extremities. Oh <laughs> <laughs> murder this man. No, you, you guys are criminals! <laughs> so you take some time to tie him up. Um, there's many knots along this, and a lot of them are chained together, so even if he manages to wriggle free of one, there's more in the way. Um, and as you're tying him up, he goes, are, are you going to put a potato in my mouth again? <laughs> Why would he ask that? I'll be quiet. I'll, I'll be quiet. I I put a potato in his mouth. Oh, uh-huh. If he hadn't asked me, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> He's slowly starting to like Poor it. Guy. Ooh, 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 ooh. And then you hear a defeated... Oh. <laughs> And you tie him up to a tree real good. Um, is there anything you guys would like to do before you, you know, bed down for the night? Um, I don't have anything to, like, set a perimeter. So, nope. <laughs> I will keep watch. Don't worry. All night? If I must. Should we take shifts? Yeah. Yeah, you'll need to rest, man. You'll get exhausted again. But if you want to go all night, that's your call. No, we're taking shifts. Yeah, so just wake up one of us. Who, well, who? I guess we should ask who wants the second shift. Anyone I'll do it. I didn't, get a, I didn't get a watch last time. Okay. All right. And then, yeah, then just wake up whoever. Okay. Um. So first watch. Who is that? That is me. Roll me a perception check. Okie doke. Well, that and intelligence, but yeah, I'm bad at that. That's a seven. <laughs> Gosh. So sitting at this campsite. Um, at night with the rest of your kind of newfound allies sleeping soundly in the dirt or on the bedrolls that they might have in their adventurous packs. Um, You kind of settle your back up against the tree and just kind of sit. The forest around you is relatively quiet, except for the occasional sound of a cicada or an errant bird who's still awake at this odd hour. But the woods around you are generally calm. Occasionally you hear a soft breeze flow through the wood and the the branches and the leaves of the birch trees around and above you make kind of a comforting rustle. I'm no I'm very, very comfortable. Yeah, I was gonna a say a lot more comfortable than being inside. For Thurbash, this is, this is pro- likely phenomenal. Um, and while you're sitting here taking all of this in, you feel a slight discomfort in your abdomen. Oh. As this kind of thing you have on your waist is kind of pulsing with heat. What do you do? Huh. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that everyone is actually asleep. Okay, with with your perception check, everyone seems like they're pretty asleep. I'm gonna pick up my shirt, like remove my vestments so that I can take a closer look at what's going on. Okay. Can you this is for I mean, I guess the other players in the audience, can you describe what this looks like? Yes. Um, so as Thurbash removes his vestments, his shirts, um, 
you notice that on his left side, um, kind of square in his abdomen, a little bit above his waist, there is about fist size, maybe a little bit larger, uh, burl of wooden dark wood that kind of twists and turns on itself and is embedded uh, in his skin. Um, it's like flush with his skin and the skin around it seems to be not really doing too well, but it doesn't look infected. It, it looks like the skin is like withered. Um, and with this, you notice like the throbbing when you, when you pull it up and look, it doesn't look any different than normal. It just feels warm. What do you do? I'm going to uh, take my right hand and just kind of like touch it lightly around the area. And if I don't feel any immediate pain, then I'm just going to put my shirt back on and kind of sit calmly. Okay. Um, as you touch your hand to this kind of gnarled, darkened bit of bark on your abdomen, um, you hear all around you the wood, the trees, the branches. You hear a gentle creaking as if a breeze is flowing through, but there's no breeze from the ground at your feet in between your legs where you're sitting with your back against this tree. You see a small sprout come out of the ground and unfurl, and you see a birch leaf, except it's white. And it sits there kind of swaying gently in this non-existent breeze. And then it slowly starts to blacken and wither and turn to dust and kind of blow away in the wind. I'm going to get down like basically all fours with my my face probably about an inch or two above the spot where that birch leaf was and like stare at the ground okay when you get close to where this sprout came out of the, the soil ahead of you you see another green bud start to grow out of the soil in the same place where the the white leaf grew and then corroded away and you see a plant start to form. At first, it looks like it's made of this green, leafy, fibrous material. And underneath its structure, there are hints of teal and odd, otherworldly colors. This kind of starts to sprout and grow into a strange-looking flower. The petals are purple, and in the middle, there's the center that sort of looks like a dandelion, but it's like a blood red. And in your head, you hear a soft, comforting voice say, there is corruption in the wood. Purify it. And from behind you, you hear the a, a tree at your back start to creak. And as you look over your shoulder, you see that in the wood of this birch tree behind you, you see the bark peeling back. And from inside, you can see a long black wood. First, you think it's a stick. And upon closer inspection, you can see this stick is slowly growing and it creates a hilt of blackened like birch bark. And the blade kind of forms into this thin, almost like a needle, um, like a thorn on a plant, this thin gray wood that sharpens to a point. What do you do? Thurbash will stand up on his feet. Mm -hmm. Again, look around at everyone, make sure they're kind of asleep. He's going to, as stealthily as possible, walk over to the tree and with kind of determination and a, a slight hint of, you know, not fear, but like trepidation, he's going to grab the hilt and pull away in one kind of swift movement. Um, as you do, you quickly watch 
um, as the bark of this birch tree just seals shut behind you, behind it. And in your hand, you're holding this gnarled, blackened wood sword. Um, it's probably about the length of a short sword. It's not very long. It's not like a long sword, but it's preferably a one-handed weapon. Um, right. And it feels comfortable in your hand. Um, and as you are standing here holding this blade, you hear a bedroll behind you on the other side of this dark camp um, stir. And at this moment, we're going to cut to Alea. Oh, gosh. Um, Alea, on this, this night has been pretty stressful. Um, <laughs> you ran from some guards, fought them at the guardhouse. Yeah, and, and now you're sprinting through the woods, presumably a criminal from this small riverside town. You don't sleep well. While you're asleep, you awaken in your bedroll and find yourself alone. Your newfound companions are gone and you are alone in this quiet. And you notice pretty quickly you are no longer standing at the campsite you fell asleep at. You stand among the ruins of an abandoned village. The buildings around you glow with this kind of faint ethereal bluish white light and surrounding this small abandoned woodland settlement are spectral trees that gently sway in the evening breeze on their own you don't feel a wind they're just moving in this kind of ethereal sense the grass beneath your feet feels solid but it ripples as if you're standing on water what do you do um that's a good question uh probably panic for a second and then try to get my bearings and I'll probably I'll probably just go explore a little bit and okay. see like get a closer look at like the birch trees and stuff okay um first get just give me a nature check since you want to check out the trees and things like that nature okay I got a 18 okay so you're at the edge of this small ruined or a ruined and abandoned village and looking around, checking out the trees, you try to run your hand over one of the, the trunks of these birch trees, and your hand find purchase on it, but it's, it's soft. It doesn't feel physical. It feels more like you're putting your hand into cotton, like a, a big, not exactly there, um, but these are absolutely birch trees. And you kind of make your way into this little town, this little abandoned village. Um, and the first thing you notice is upon every, every house, the floor, you can clearly tell it looks like it's been smashed and broken down. Like you're looking at the skeleton of a building and these are all composed of this kind of old and rotted wood. Um, but the facade of the building is made of this almost like a spectral image of what you would expect a building to look like. Um, one looks like a small shop. Um, another looks like a gentle home with a small little um, plant box on the porch. And there are little plants in there. But one thing you do notice is consistent among all of these buildings is hanging right above every single doorway is a dream catcher. Just kind of a um, gentle and ethereal. So I'm going to reach up toward it mm -hmm. and at the same time call out, uh, hello, hello, is anyone, is anyone here? here? Wherever, wherever here, here is. is. Um, 
so as you reach your hand out and touch this dream catcher, your hand again finds purchase on it, but it feels half like it doesn't, like you're holding air. And when your voice leaves your mouth, it echoes almost as if someone is, almost as if your voice is trailing behind and ahead of you. Like there's two echoes of your own voice. It's disorienting. Um, and you hear it echo through this empty town and there's no response. And then further in town, you hear a scream. Um, I'll take off in that direction. Oh, okay. Brave. Yeah. Um, you make your way towards this scream and in the center of this ruined village, you see a clearing, small, maybe 30 feet wide, but in the center of it is a birch tree, not thin and small like all the other trees in the surrounding forest. It's thick. Its roots are huge. It's 15 feet all around. Um, and it towers up into the sky above the forest, above everything else. And um, this massive birch tree, you see the tips of its branches are gnarled and pointed, um, almost reminiscent of like the claws of a bird. It feels wrong. As you approach, you can see all around this tree, there are these viney, relatively healthy looking plants that have this kind of blue spectral fruit hanging from them. Um, the... The screaming has stopped, right? Yeah. You heard it in the direction of this tree. Okay. Um, I will take in my surroundings first and foremost to see okay. if there's anyone or anything around. And then I'll cautiously walk toward the tree that feels wrong. <laughs> okay. First in your surroundings, you see um, that this this large birch lies in the center of this ruined town. Um and if you look kind of closely, you can see what looks to be broken branches, maybe, kind of scattered all around the root of this tree. Um, and when you look up, you can also see, too, that there are parts of this tree that are dead and broken, um, maybe branches that have snapped and fallen down. And you cautiously make your way towards the base of this tree. And at the foot of the tree, you notice that the bark of it is parted large enough for a person to fit through. And from inside of this tree, you hear what sounds like a muffled snap, like a branch breaking. And from deep within, you hear grunt of pain. What do you do? She's, she's, she's good-natured, so she's going to want to help someone who's in pain. So she'll, she'll go closer and, um, and say, uh, 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 excuse me. Excuse me. Do you need, Do you need help? help? Are you, Are all, you right? all right? And like peer in just a little bit, but still cautious. As you say this, you hear this weird, like tritoned voice of yours echo into this hole in the tree. And you see that it's actually a deep slope that goes below with this massive tree, almost like a tunnel. And and from within you see a pair of from within you see a pair of eyes in this darkness ahead open a bright and vibrant yellow. And you feel your chest start to vibrate as you hear a deep guttural roar. And this shadow quickly emerges to you and you jolt awake in the campsite, your campsite. Um, Thurbash, as her bedroll stirs beside you or behind you, and Alea seems to be in stress, she jolts awake in this campsite. What do you do? I want to quickly take this new sword-like thing that I got and flick it behind my back and hide it like with both my arms behind my back and like look 
Are you all right? Um, um, I, uh, I'm gonna look over at him and then just nod and then take a deep breath. <laughs> just a, just a bad dream? Um, I'm okay. As you say this, um, you feel your hands are warmer than normal. Um, and when you look down at your palms, underneath the cracks of your skin where your veins are, you can see this faint golden light. A golden light? Yeah. I must still be dreaming. Um, I'll probably just rub at it. I can assure you, you're awake. Alea's probably going to dig through her her pouch and find a water canteen and maybe like splash her hands a little. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, and the water kind of runs over your hands, drips down on the ground. Um, they were caked in, caked in dirt a little from you just kind of lying on the ground, but um, they're clean. They still feel a little warm, and after a moment or two, you feel that kind of golden glow fade away. Well, shit. Okay. I was hoping to write this off as your second level druid. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. Do, I, do I do anything special? Um, yeah, so <laughs> this is called the Bomb of the Summer Court. As a bonus action, you can choose an ally within 120 feet of you. So you have a number of d6s equal to your druid level, um, but you roll the dice, and then they gain 1d6 plus 1. So every time you roll a dice. What do you two do right now? Or Leia, um, I guess the better question is, what do you do? Because it's Thurbash's watch. How long have I been asleep for? Judging by the night sky and kind of... Looking up at the moon's not super long, less than an hour. Um, so I guess I'll lay down and just stare up at the sky for a while until I can drift back to sleep and have a rest, try to have a rest. Okay. Um, after some time, you do fall back asleep, and Thurbash, your watch kind of continues anxiously. Um, what do you do yeah. with the sword? In the, while she's uh, still awake, I'm going to, like, calmly, but kind of not, so she can't see me, I'm just going to sneak back to that little spot on the ground and sit down, hands still behind my back, like I'm, you know, just like sitting back with my butt against the ground, but the sword's still behind my shoulders. When she's finally asleep, I'm going to take it and find the nearest tree to me and kind of jab it in the ground behind that tree and then make sure I know which tree it is. Okay. So you're kind of hiding it. Um, yeah, that's more than just fine. There's plenty of places in this surrounding this small woodland camp for you to hide it. Once I put it behind the tree, I'm going to actually pull out a dagger from my belt and I'm going to mark the base of the tree with a very small X so that I remember. Okay. Um, when you dig into this tree a little bit with the knife, you feel your abdomen grow a little hot in the same spot it did before. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll make it as small as possible while still being visible. Tomorrow morning, if you look, you'll likely find it pretty easily. Yeah, and then I'm just going to sit back down and finish the rest of my watch. From this ruined camp within the White Leaf Wood, we see Thurbash nervously hide his newfound gift from his companions then settle into a bedroll and drift gently off to sleep. Our view leaves this small adventuring party behind as we weave through the tall and thin birch trees of the Whiteleaf Wood. And miles away, we find ourselves in a clearing.
At its center stands a massive birch tree, many feet in diameter. Its gnarled and twisted branches reach up into the sky like the talons of a great bird. At its tips, the branches are withered and darkened, its bark white and spotted. This calm silence of this clearing is broken as we hear the snap of a small branch. A long-nosed deer with short, tan fur steps into the clearing from the brush and begins to gorge on the surrounding foliage. Its small, trunk-like nose roots through the bush to find the deep blue fruit hidden within as it begins its feast. Distracted, this deer does not notice the silent cloud of roiling gas or the large shadow of a creature stalking its prey as it emerges from the trunk of this great birch. In moments, the gas overcomes this creature and it collapses onto the ground in a silent heap. Then, from within this green, roiling cloud, we see a single, large, clawed hand reach out and rend flesh from bone with its black, crystalline claws as it drags its next meal into the core of this great birch. The Beast of Whiteleaf is on the hunt. everybody thanks for sticking around to the end and i hope you enjoyed the show so far i'm very happy that you know they might not actually be criminals they're just you know figuring things out keep an eye out for our next blog article next tuesday which you can find at toapodcast.com this time we're going to be talking about expectations and how to handle them when weaving your own stories anyway i hope to see you on may 3rd when our next episode launches stay safe and see you soon